Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Today is... March 11th. March 11th. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy, right? This year is really flying by. Yeah, I, me- I remember when I was a kid in school, and it seemed like years would just drag. <laughs> they did. You know? And summers flew. Yeah, and yeah, right, right. We did that eight weeks or whatever it was we had for summer was... Uh, I think it was really 10. They may yeah. have eight now, but it, it was Yeah, you know, no, it was, it was we a nice had a long, break. We had a long time. Yeah. It was like we were out of school forever. I, yeah. I, I remember going back and like having to learn how to write again. And, yeah? Well, yeah, I was never a, um, uh, what would that, a scriptologist, I guess you <laughs> A would scholar? Yeah. Well, no, no, I couldn't, I couldn't write. They told me to start printing at a very early age. And I hacked the heck out of that, too. Being a left-hander, I just... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's very hard to teach a lefty. Yeah. Because most to teachers make me, aren't. You know, I'm, I'm old enough that they tried to make me write with my right hand, but it just right. wasn't working. You know, I mean, I, I'm one of the... I'm still, even today, at, at 59 years old, I'm, I'm, um, I still buck authority. You know, it's crazy. My first reaction is, don't tell me what to do. Right. And then I have to process through it. You know, it's crazy. But, you know, it's it's cool that um, even after all of this time, you know, being on the air and, and, and you know, doing what it is that we do, every time I hear the music or every time I know when I get the key for 30 seconds, my stomach goes like yeah, a real little, real, like just yeah. just for a quick second, and it, and it, and it goes remembered. And I think what that does is it helps me process into where I'm supposed to be, right? And what we're supposed to be talking. We're not supposed to be talking about anything. I mean, it's a show about a addiction and recovery and and all of that stuff. But I mean, if you listen to us on a weekly basis, we talk about the clouds. Yeah, we're all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what good addicts do. We just deflect and start talking about the clouds, I guess. <laughs> well, it wasn't very cloudy today, so we are having beautiful weather in lovely southeast Florida, and I'm very happy about that. Yes, and you know that it always makes it easier to have a um, more acceptance when yes. it's 85 degrees. Yeah, it's 85 and yeah. sunny and beautiful. Yeah. And I love the time change. We're back on daylight savings time. Yeah. and. I'm real happy about that. This year, it this year it hit me a little bit strange. I mean, because I because I woke up um, first thing Sunday morning to go to church for seven because we had to go, we had to, I had to be somewhere at ten o'clock in the morning, so I went to church first, and um, it didn't catch up to me until like this morning, and I woke up this morning and I was dragging a little bit, and I was like, "What's going on?" And I took a nap this afternoon, and everything's cool. Well, that helps. I hadn't changed all my clocks around, so I was very confused most of the day. The ones that change automatically are the best, and I generally rely on my phone, but I'm happy happy to have it because it seems like it's spring, and spring makes me happy. 
think it makes I think it makes a lot of people happy. Uh, yeah, you know what? Well, well, like I said, I mean, the warmer it is, the more acceptance right. I have. Anyway, you know what? And sadly, I, I talk to people at home and. Um, Home meaning Boston. It's still home be- meaning Boston, and it's, yeah, well, this is home, I guess, but speaking to people up north, and it's still 20 degrees, yeah, it's like, yeah. man. Uh, I was t- I talked to my mom today, and she said, oh, it was nice today, but it rained. Uh, I think it was in the 60s, and that sounds horrible to me. I guess I am spoiled by Florida weather. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why a lot of people come down here to recover, because the weather makes you feel better. Yeah, and I think that's you know you're right. I I, I think um, it does take a little bit of all of the like when I was doing it up north, I would I I was still in my element. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I was in detox or I was in rehab, but I still knew that I was in my neighborhood. I knew it, I I wasn't taken out of my element whatsoever. And one of the benefits of back then being taken out of your element was being brought to Florida or to California or yeah, somewhere really or, nice. Where rather, where, somewhere else, you could concentrate on what it was that you were doing. You, you knew that you were far enough away from home that you couldn't just walk away. Right. Uh, you could walk away, but I mean, walking people away. Do. Yeah, and, and and yeah, people do. And I probably would have given the opportunity if that's what my mindset was. Um, but I think it gives people a little better approach at dealing with what's going on with themselves when they're out of people coming and visiting them on Sunday and people, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe some of the things that trigger you in the first place, you know, you can avoid by being far away. Although there, there are times when I wonder, you know, you're, you're in a, a closed environment with everybody that's got the same disease as you that's in a different place and I think sometimes that can that can work well or it can work badly, just depending on what, like you said, what your mindset is. I can remember uh, getting a call when my daughter was in a rehab that she had left right. with a bunch of people. With the cable guy. No, that was another time. <laughs> that was another time. With the cable guy. <laughs> that was another time. <laughs> this time it was with two other girls. They escaped and went down to uh, Overtown in Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... You know, and and also, I guess it really doesn't make a difference where you are. If you're ready, you're ready. And if you're not, then you're going to be playing grab ass no matter where you are, no matter what it is that you're doing. You know, so um, I'm not saying to wait until you are ready because that day may never come if, if that's the case, because you may not be able to get out of your own way. But, you know, give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Look around you and, and, you know, I knew that life as I knew it had drastically changed. I accepted that only because I was around people that were doing the same thing. So it was acceptable behavior. Um, you know, l- look at where you are. If if you're homeless, helpless, and loveless, and all you have is a, a flip phone that you're listening to this show on because, you know, it's, it's your only means of hope, then get out of your own way and 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 call call eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. 
That's our number, 866-472-5792. You don't even have to come on the air. We'll, we'll, we'll take your information, and I'll get back to you, and maybe we can um, point you in the right direction. Well, being on this show, we are listened to all over the nation and also in many different countries. I was looking at where we were looking at, uh, where we were being heard uh, last week, and and it still blows my mind. Of course, Ireland is the second largest audience <laughs> we have. And, you know, but like Czechoslovakia, Russia, uh, China, Japan, Indonesia, like Indonesia, huh? Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting to me that they can understand us. Well, I mean, English is um, a pretty international language. You know, there are, there are some countries that probably in like the deepest part of Spain or the deepest part of Portugal or Italy or something like that where no English is spoken. But the country as a whole, there are a lot of people that do speak English, you know? Like I don't know of any country that English is not part of their vocabulary. I don't know. I, I, since I haven't really traveled abroad, I don't know. I just yeah. know. Um, well, I've been to 38 different countries and, and you know, with the, with the Marine Corps way back. And um, I always found somebody that spoke English. There were a lot of people who didn't. Right. Be- only because, I mean, I don't know if they did or didn't. Maybe they didn't want to talk to me, so they, you know. <laughs> they act like they can't. Right. Um, but English is a pretty widespread um, language. So it... As it blows my mind that somebody in Indonesia is listening, it doesn't blow my mind because of the English aspect of it. It's because of the, you know, the time aspect of it or like, how are we even reaching that fire? That's crazy. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, I'm, I'm very glad that you're listening wherever you are. You know, we, we appreciate it and, and hope you can uh, get something out of our message and what we're trying to, trying to say. Exactly. And I guess really what we're trying to say is, you know, um, get out of your own way. Uh, we're, we're here to share experience, strength, and hope. And and one of the things about uh, the, mo- the most important thing isn't my experience. My experience is mine. The only thing that experience, my experience will give you is the benefit of connecting and saying, hey, maybe I'm not the only one out here, you know, and strength. I, I had no strength out there, and that's why I ran you know, like a little knucklehead with with my tail between my legs because I had no, I had no strength and I absolutely had no hope. And the hope that we share here is that you too can get out of your own way one day at a time, you know, and, and allow a power greater than yourself to restore you to sanity. I, I could never, I, I bucked all the time at um, that word insanity because I would look at people doing insane things around me, but I remembered them when they were kids, when we played baseball and football, and I never related it to being, I just said, they're nuts. I guess that was just the easiest way to do it because I was nuts at that time, and and really, I was insane. The things that I allowed, the, the things they allowed in my life um bordered on insanity. And when I started realizing that was when I got clean and the months on and after 
where my insanity was still alive and well, where it was more important for me to buy a new shirt than it was to make sure that I paid my parking tickets so I could get my license back, where I bought a pack of cigarettes instead of paying the rent that I had at the at the uh, halfway house that I was in. You know, all of that insanity and, and all of the things like, you know, my... Uh, well, did you know at the time that it was insanity or... Did it feel normal? Uh, no, I think uh, I think it, it it felt normal, but I knew the difference between right and wrong, and I still chose to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Uh, right, what, wrong, what or different. What is your mind telling you when you're doing that? It's you know, I know it's wrong, but I you know I don't care. I'm entitled. I'm going to do it anyway. Well, that was that was the com- that was the common platform of of my life for so long. What was what would be the difference if I was if I had a chemical in my system or not? Right. It took a long time for me to process through saying, "Hey, dopey, you know, get out of your own way and start living life the way it's supposed to be lived." You have bills. You have. I saw this thing on Facebook, and it's a kid and he's got it says college on his shirt and it says four year medical degree or this, that, the other thing. It's got a list of all the different things. And his, his name is Jimmy. And then Joe is on a pole. Yeah. He's, he works for the electric company. Right. Uh, chose, chose not to go to college, chose to go through an apprentice program, make $70,000 a year. Joe is now turning off Jimmy's electricity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? that's funny. Right? That is so, funny. you know. All, all that is saying is, is get out of your own way because it's not going to be given to you. And, and you know, the longer you wait, the longer you sit on your hands, the longer you um, allow somebody else to provide for you, the longer it's going to take for you to get out of your own way. And I think, you know, as the parent of an addict, the longer that I did provide for my addicted child, the longer that I did rescue, the longer that I... I did all of the things that, you know, that as a parent you do because you love your child and you're fearful for their life. You know, all I did really was try to make myself feel better because I couldn't control what was going on and just basically prolonged both of our misery because when I got out of the way, you know, she made a decision on her own to get better. Right. And yeah. and I think I think that's what you have to do because you know, like like you said about being a parent and making the decisions and providing and this and that. And the whole thing works your your family unit is working perfectly. You're providing the sneakers they need for gym, the, the um, uniforms they're needing for school, if it's a, mm-hmm. you know, this, that, the other thing, the meals, providing the meals. And then all of a sudden, the chemical is introduced in there some way. And all of everyone's thinking just goes to a little bit right. twisted. Because not just the, the things addicts, that you started, pro- yeah, the things that you normally provide, they even became a little twisted because you thought that you needed to. Um, you know, and, and you said it, you know, and it's not really enabling. I, you know, th- there are, I guess maybe some of it is, but a lot of it is, 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 you know, wanting to save. Yes. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're very fearful. Well, I mean, as a parent, you're conditioned because you've had, you've had this child their, their entire life and, you know, you've been doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing to raise a child. And, you know, then this suddenly, well, actually it's probably more gradual, but you suddenly realize, uh-oh, 
we've got a big, huge problem here. And the first thing that I did was, you know, go into let's fix this mode and researched and, you know, re- and the best rehabs and all of those things. Right. And honestly, I don't think any of it helped at all. Well, I, you know, I, I think seeds are planted, you know. Well, and, and that's what, she did say yeah. that, and she knew that I loved her. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if she died and I had cut her off and she went out there and died, I probably couldn't have lived with myself. That was my biggest fear. Well, I'm sure you would have, I'm sure you would have found a way like, like others do, you know, and it's sad to say, it's sad to, to say that. Fortunately enough, you don't have to experience it. But, you know, I, I think that it all has to take that natural cycle. Like, you right. know, with, with my mother doing what she did and having to, having to, you know, let me go and, and for lack of a better word, love me from a distance. Um, you know, that's how it happened for me, right. you know, and um, I'm grateful for every single day that I was out there. I'm grateful for every action that I um, had to become responsible for because it gave me the arsenal that I need when I look back and say, do I have the willingness to do that again? Absolutely not. I don't have the willingness to hurt the people that... Um, that back to me, the people that loved me, the people that watched from a distance and said, go ahead, you buffoon, do what you're going to do. We know that you'll be okay. And we're here when we don't, well, they didn't know I'd be okay, but you know, we're here when you need it, when you need me. And ultimately they were, you know, and, and maybe on the other side of the break, we can talk about whatever we're going to talk about, but uh, you know, we'll, um, we'll pick it back up. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Ellen and I will be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? 
Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. How is it that all the animals know? Like when it, they yeah, when the show's starting back, <laughs> oh, yeah, they all come all walking here. back into the studio. Yeah, we've got a regular menagerie here. Yeah, right, a barnyard. So, um, yeah, we were talking about dysfunction and this, that, the other thing, and um, my headset was dysfunctionally buzzing, so I took it off. <laughs> we've got naked heads right now. Yeah. No, I was just saying, you know, I think as as a parent, when you start experiencing this and, you, you know, if you don't know anything about it, which a lot of us don't, um, you can you can do a lot of things maybe that you shouldn't be doing, but you are doing them out of fear, out of trying to control, out of old habit of taking care of your child, even right. though they're probably, you know, adults. And it's it's very 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 difficult to give up that that level of control. Well, I like the way that you stopped short of saying doing something wrong, because it's not wrong. It's it's never wrong. It may not have the outcome that you're looking for, but I don't think everything that you were trying to do ever was wrong. No, you know, I mean, it was yeah. it was always it always had you know good intent. I mean, Definitely. it never, and you know, I I think what we do is we put a lot of negative connotations on a lot of things surrounding, you know, alcoholism and addiction, and there is no wrong. Uh, you know, we, you're trying to save the individual that's fallen into a hole of despair, and and what else do you do? You do the best you can with what you have. And that's, that's not a cop out um, answer. You do the best you can with what you have. No, we weren't brought up and we weren't, maybe, maybe the next generation will have a little bit more in their bag of tricks to be able to deal with their, with their loved ones because pick up on it quicker. Right. But I don't think you can stop it. Once it gets triggered, there is nothing you can do to stop it. No, you just hang on and go for the ride. I mean, and do the best you can with, with, you know, with what you have. And I, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in having to be 
the savior versus saving yourself. Right. I want to save them and, and you know, um, oh, I really, would gladly have yeah. taken a bullet if it would have made her better. Right. But you know, and I, you did take a bullet. Yeah. I yeah, mean, a I mental got, bullet. Yeah, you get completely. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was consumed yeah. for years. Consumed because I was so fearful of what was going to happen. Right. And, you know, I guess it made me feel better to, to try to help because, it, you know, at least I was doing something. I wasn't just sitting there watching this horror show. I don't know, I don't know if it made you feel better. Well, yeah, I would have. I, I, know, I yeah. yeah. I got it. But I would have felt worse if I'd sat back and not tried to help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't yeah, – far too many people I know that um, just write people off, you know. Oh, and, yeah. and I think the reason is is because they've never experienced – like a lot of people that I grew up with, a lot of my friends and a lot of – immediately just chucked me down the road. Right. You know, for, for only because they didn't have an understanding of what – was happening sadly a lot of them learned later on because it happened to them. because it happened in their family right. yeah and that's and that's the bad thing you know you see you see on 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 uh, social media it says something about never look down your nose at a at an active addict because they mean they may be the one that saves your child right you I, know i saw that and, and that's a good thing you know as as powerful as that is we as humans can minimize that. Oh, and like we do, that. and and yeah. judge and yep. look down on somebody because it elevates us. And I yeah, think that's part of it, and okay. and it allows us not to have to look at our negative behavior in that in that aspect. Like and like I was saying, there are people that still probably won't talk to me today. They'll go, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. You thirty years clean, liar. Yeah, or whatever that means, because I don't know. Yeah. They don't know that it's, yeah. you know, the effort, the achievement that it is. And, yeah. you know, to be able to continue, you know, through all the ups and downs of life. Yeah. Um, Joe was down here a couple of years ago, and we were going to see a couple of friends who we grew up with up north. And that morning he was like, you know, I'm, I'm really not feeling it. You know, because because it was because he didn't want to get put himself back in that um, negative thought. Right. It had been thirty years since we saw this person, so you know, I called up and I said, "Hey, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna go." Joe's not feeling that hot, so in the afternoon, he called him back, and uh, guy says, "What's the matter? You got too high last night?" Oh my gosh, Joe! I'm seventeen years clean. All what these are you years later, about? what are you talking about? Oh, come on. Not everybody, they don't you know like, what I mean. Yeah. So, so you know, and and this is, you know, I, I don't get it. But those are people that are still in their own. Actually, they're not with us anymore because they committed suicide as a husband and wife. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but uh, you know, sad that they're gone. But it's also sad that they didn't have the understanding that that I got. And that's one thing that I am so grateful for is the is the understanding of. Um, Knowing how to get out of my own way, and and it's not an easy task, you no, know. I, I'll never to understand learn. it when you say that. I still don't get what it means. <laughs> yeah, as as I guess as long as I do, it's, it's yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good, you know, because I know my will, my my mindset, my will will put me where I belong, and it's not anywhere where I am today. Left to my own devices, I should be dead. 
left to my own devices, I should be out there eating out of dumpsters, left to my own devices, I should be out there homeless, helpless, and loveless still. And um, I'm not. So what does that tell you? That tells you that I have to get out of my own way. Because if I choose to take my will back, like like I, like I reference all the time with jelly beans, if I buy a jag- bag of jelly beans, I have to knowingly walk into that store and grab the smallest bag. Yeah. Because if not, I'm going to get sick by eating the biggest one. And what, is the, what does that tell me? I, I took my own will. I was trying to drive the bus again and failed. So what do you do with your will? Where do you put it? <laughs> you sit on it. <laughs> you know, um, you, you find a you find a happy medium where uh, I can lie to myself and still say that it's my will that I'm doing this, fully knowing that it's you know something greater than myself that's propelling me forward. Well, is it like an awareness? Um, well, yeah, I think it's. A, I, I think you know. It's a, uh, well, awareness, I don't know. Const- a constant vigilance, yes. Do I, do I remember every single waking moment that I'm a recovering addict? No, but somewhere in there, there's that awareness. There's that vigilance because, like I said, left to my own behavior, I could find whatever it is that I needed right in this city. Oh, yeah. You probably just yeah. walk right out the door. That's, yeah. It never seemed difficult, which always surprised me, too. You know, here's my upper-middle-class daughter who can go anywhere and find drugs quickly. How do you do that? Everybody and anybody can. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I wouldn't even know how to begin. Not that I want to. It's just it, it was very surprising to me. How crafty we get. Yes. You know what I mean? And that yes. and that's the thing. I mean, you, you know, it doesn't it takes no prisoners. Once once you make the first sacrifice, it, it doesn't care who you are, it doesn't care what your job is, it doesn't care where you live, it doesn't care who your parents are, who you know, whatever. Yeah, it's very non discriminating. Mm-hmm. I, I did notice that. You know? Physically it took me a long time to get addicted. Mentally, I think I was addicted the very first time. I've heard a lot of people say yeah, that. and it was only because it, it it turned down all the all the noise, you know. I mean, it 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 turned down. I, I I could sit calm, and for the longest time I couldn't, and and I don't always uh, sit calm today either. I still have to, um, like I I, I have focus points right in order to be able to make sure that I, st- well, you know, kind of stay on point, especially like when I'm talking like this, it's, it's tough because I got like 17 things coming at me yeah. and I, and I want to say them all, but I want to make sure that I get my point out and dealing with a chaotic society while I was active, it was so easy to be able to just dull it. Yeah. You know, and just be able to disconnect, you know, and, and it got to a point where it, it it flipped on me and I was running around chaotic and my mind was never calm. It was worse than when I originally started because it was ways and means to get more. Is there anything you wouldn't have done? I mean, was there a line that you 
Drew somewhere mentally that no, I won't do that to get drugs, or was no, it just- no, because um, you, you hear that all the time, and you see, well, I'll never do that, I'll never do this, I'll never do that. Yeah, and welcome back because you're sharing about what you just did. You know, so I could not say I would love to be able to say that I would have never stole off the people that I loved. I would have never you know, done all of these dirty things to my family, community, and friends. But that's just not the reality of addiction. Whatever is in your way is yours for the keeping. Right. Or yours for the taking. Put it that way. You're not going to keep it. You're just going to take yeah. it and spit it out and, and you know, go through the next. So I, I could never say that I would not do. There were a lot of things that I was never tested on. Right. But if tested, I would have failed miserably. I know I would have. It's yeah. just the way I, it I is. I was continually shocked at at the, you know, just the depth that that people sink to in just in pursuit of the next. Yeah, in pursuit of next. Yeah. And and next is only gonna last a little while and then there's gotta be another in and pursuit another, of and E. Yeah. yeah, it just, yeah. Keep, keeping your tank on E. And that, yeah. that cycle is just hideous. And, you know, you look at it and say, well, just stop. Yeah, just and stop. Just, yeah, okay, thanks, Nancy. Just say no. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as an outsider and a non-addict looking in, it's just like, just Yeah. Stop. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. And I get that. I get that piece of it. Just stop. I mean, it would be easy if I could. we could tell the audience and, you know, look them right in the face oh, and say, I, I just stop. But there's um, so much that goes along with it and around it. Even, you right. Know, you can't. You can't. Right. You have diarrhea. Yeah, exactly. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. You're it's not coming going out. You're to be able to. Right. Yeah. And you're going to go get that next and that next and yeah. that next, no matter what you have to do. Until until there's that divine intervention, you know. And, and I don't know if I remember that ever really but being aware of that happening. I just knew that I hit that saturation point and enough was enough. And it was time to either make the decision to die or um, get out of my own way. And I went kicking and screaming out of my own way. Fortunately enough, you know, because the only other, the only other option was death. Right. And it seems like it's such a process. You know, you think, okay, I've stopped. Now what? Because you've got to get through this whole entire changing the way you think, the way you interact, you know, who you interact with. You know, I would think it's an entire thinking change, well, thought process. Well, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is you don't necessarily have to change all that. You're not going to be successful if you don't. Right. But for the longest time, I didn't. And that's why I was, you know, in and out and in and out. And I'd get 30 days and run back out for six months and get another X amount because I was playing a game. I didn't want to get out of my own way. Um, I think ultimately when you hit your saturation point like I did, I think even though I went kicking and screaming, I knew that change was inevitable. Didn't want to have to walk through it because 
you know, fear of the unknown. I didn't, I didn't want to experience that at all. I was comfortable being uncomfortable, as twisted as that sounds. And I, and I know that there are people out there that are comfortable feeling uncomfortable, not knowing what tomorrow will bring without doing the things that I did today just blows my mind. Today, I'm, I, I fully embrace that. What, what tomorrow brings, I don't know, but I want to wake up and experience it. Back then, if I didn't have something to, to do that with, then I didn't want to wake up. You know, so death was always an option, and and that's nowhere to. Um, that's a horrible way to have yeah, to Yeah, yeah, it is. It is because that's what that's ultimately what it comes down to. I mean, it's all it's all happy and fun, and all of a sudden it switches, and and you need it, and then you're riding it for a minute or two, and, and uh, you know, however long it takes you to get to your personal well, and. Then it's just agony for as long as you can stand it. And there are two reliefs, death and get out of your own way. And, you know, fortunately enough, I became a miracle. You know, I, maybe I was already a miracle and just didn't know to get out of my own way. I don't know. I, I, I don't question that. All I know is that February 28th, 1989, Something happened. Something shifted back towards morality. You know, the the whole my whole life was cool when I was a kid, and then all of a sudden, like I said, everyone's thought process got skewed, and then February twenty eighth, mine popped back into place again, and I didn't know who I was, how I was, or how I was going to. Um, just live each day. Sustain probably. this new life. But, you know, I, I was willing to accept that my way wasn't working anymore. So dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792 if you have anything you want to share. Be part of the solution. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, the Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
when a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to change the world. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery with Ellen Arnold and Ray Lynch. And... Chloe and Sassy and Baby Girl <laughs> and Peg. And Peg. And somewhere, got, Pepsi the cat. Yeah, and, and where's Pepsi? I'm He's around somewhere. Sure. But I, I saw him go around the during the, the During the break, Chloe jumped up on the desk. She's she's laying on the desk here. So, you know, never a dull moment in this studio. <laughs> oh, no. Nope, we uh, Actually, I'm trying to get Chloe off the desk, and she doesn't want to. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, you know, it's 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 good to, you know, it's it's great to be able to I've always been a, an animal person. Mm-hmm. Thanks to thanks to my parents. My parents we always we always had animals. But it's good to have to have a regiment during the day right. too. Even after so many even after so many years clean like, you know, yeah, I have to brush my teeth, but do I have to feed myself? No, I don't. I, I, I can, I can make shift that as I go. With dogs, there are there are certain things. With animals, there are certain things you need to do. You know, you can only be gone for so long. You right. can only be, and you know, it gives you some sort of regimentation. Yeah, there's structure. There's yeah. you know, another being that needs you. And also that you know they are even. Uh, they're th- they're very therapeutic. Yes. You know, and there's a lot of people who now have services where they will bring animals into um, nursing homes, um, rehabs, yeah. even even addiction mm-hmm. rehabs as well. When I went rehabs, I meant you know f- right. physically, um, but even addiction rehabs. And what it does is it just allows the people to get away from themselves, right. get out of their own way for a minute, and and care for you know, something else. And, and I, I think animals work wonders in everyone's life, but especially they had, they played a real big part in me getting to where I am. Yeah. Just for the responsibility factor. 
And you know? because you love them and you know that they need you. Yes. And that they love you back mm-hmm. without without talking to you. Right. Well, I mean, they without, don't have to. You can yeah, just look they, yeah. at you. Like, but, I mean, they're not yeah. telling you you're horrible. They're not judging you. They just love you. You know, I saw this thing, and it's so sad how how dirty people are. There was this dog that was left in a cage. I hate these stories, but, like, for months, apparently, like, his his people moved out and left him in a cage. Oh, my gosh. And he was probably a week short of dying when they saved him. Uh, it was down in, it was in Fort Lauderdale. The Fort Lauderdale police brought him to a local shelter. It's a woman and her daughter. They nursed her back to health, or him back to health. And the video that you see of this dog giving love to humans when they yeah let him go you know what i mean they 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 disappointed him yeah. immensely and you know their love is constant it's yeah. unconditional and I, and it would be great if we could as a society have unconditional love for the addicts who are still out there sick and suffering they're not bad people they just end up doing some bad things. And I was never really a bad person. I just did a lot of bad things. I did a lot of hurtful, hateful things. I was hating myself for what I was hurt, how I was hurting others. And how did I do, what did I do? I medicated because of that. I medicated a little extra because of that. If I was aware that I was, you know, if, if it was a holiday, there was always a jackpot for me because I knew that my family, one, was missing me, two, was wondering where I was, and three, was probably driving all over the city trying to find me while I was avoiding them. Right. You know, and I would ruin their holidays, and it would ultimately, you know, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have all the answers. All I know is is my own personal experience. Um, and if you're out there and if you're hurting and, you know, reach out to the people that love you because a passerby will stop and give you a dollar in your can, maybe. But somebody who loves you is going to give you more than a dollar. It's not about the dollar so that you can get a sandwich or a beer or whatever it is that you want. The people who love you will give you that unconditional love, will will want you off of that street, want you back as a productive member of society. And you'll never get there if you don't just say enough is enough. Yeah, and I think, you know, you can sense when people have reached that, that well, you call it the saturation point. You, you can feel it. You know, they're, they're truly ready to, to make that change and make the commitment to change and, and try to do it. And not everybody mm. is successful. And it sometimes takes a lot, like you said, in and out, in and out, in and out. But, you know, for me, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. That doesn't mean you have to, you know, when they come around begging for money, give them money, leave your house unlocked. Mm. (laughs) Don't do things like that. But if someone comes to you and says, I really want help, and you can feel that they mean it, you know, don't turn your back. Even if they don't. 
You know, um, and and I don't I don't want to I don't want to second guess a lot of the people that have been on the show. They're in it. They're in it for a different purpose than a loved one is trying to save their trying to save their son, their son, their daughter, their husband, their wife, their mother, their father, their aunt, their uncle. Um, if you're in it, if you're in it, and you and it's a business, and you go, you're jerking me around. I get that. You want to make sure that you're giving the individual that come that's coming in the best possible option of getting clean or sober. Someone comes up to me and says, I need help. I can't say, you're jerking me around. Right. Because one, I probably know that they are, but if I don't help them, I'm hurting me because right. I'm the one that carries that. So get out of your own way as well and 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 help somebody who is who is looking right, wrong, or indifferent for help? There may be people that just tell you that they want help so for a place to stay or a meal to eat or something like that. That's okay. You're not helping them at that point. You're helping you. You're helping another individual make it through another day. And that's all it's about. You're giving them the best advantage or the best... Um, the, the best possible way to be able to um, differentiate between, hey, wait a minute, this person was nice to me. Why was this person nice to me? Maybe I'll go back to them tomorrow and see if they'll give me another sandwich. Maybe, and then through repetition, you this individual is riding to meetings with you. You're bringing them to their first job interview, and they become a productive member of society just because you didn't say no. Right. You know, and who am I to say no? I, I, I don't, there's no monetary gain from uh, the conversations that I have with addicts. I'm not in a business of putting people in beds. I'm not in a business of, of making money on insurance. If I was, then I would have to professionally, business-mindedly say no, because I wouldn't think that you, uh, you would be taking up space where you didn't belong. Right. You, you would be taking a bed from somebody who maybe really needed it. But if somebody knocks on my door and says, help, who am I to say no? Because I know when I said help, there were a lot of people that said no. And it kept me out there a lot longer than I wanted to be. I, I, I intentionally would go into AA meetings because, and say that I was an addict because back 30 years ago, 35 years ago, that was taboo. Right. You didn't belong. You get out. Right. So I would, I would raise my hand and right at the beginning go, hi, my name is Ray. I'm an addict. Hit the door, <laughs> kid. You know, I'll show you, you know. Fortunately, enough, yeah, I'm, I'm glad here. that's changed a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's it's changed immensely. I mean, there's there's no real, um, in this generation, there's no real. No, they go back and forth to yeah. all kinds of different meetings. Yeah. A meeting is a meeting is a meeting, and a support. You know, if you find the type of support group that you're looking for in one, then mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, stay there mm-hmm. because you do need support. You really do, especially yeah. you know at at the beginning of your journey out of it. You know, out of the the chaos and you know the basic horror show. Yeah. You know, they say it takes what it takes, and you know I've heard a lot of people say that before you're ready, it takes what it takes. You have to you have to walk through whatever it is you're walking through. If you're like I like I've said before, if you're out there and you're you're sick and suffering, uh, you've given yourself enough grief. You've given your family enough grief. Start the process. Whether whether you fully embrace it or not, 
just start the process. Call someone and say, you know, I, I miss you or I love you or, you know, not I need a pack of cigarettes because that's that's kind of like the turnoff thing. Just, right. you know, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I remember having very brief conversations with my mother through that whole thing, um, like checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, Mama. I, I, I have no clue where I'm at. And she wouldn't say, well, you're a piece of crap and this and that. And she would just say, you know, I love you, but you got to find a way. Right. You know, and, and because she realized that she couldn't force it. So if somebody is willing to help you, then reach out to them and, and start the conversation. You don't have to be, doesn't have to happen overnight. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, divine intervention does but then, but then there's a whole nother road that you have to walk down, and that's a whole nother four hours, which we don't have because we only have three left, three minutes left. <laughs> well, it just to me, it's it's just amazing that you can go from where you were to here. It really, really is. It's a true testimony to what can happen, hmm. you know. And you know, it was good that you had the support of your family. There are people who have been out there so long that they truly don't. Yes. And not that their families wouldn't eventually take them back, but, you know, they've given up and they just, they can't handle it. I never got to that point. It was about 15 years. Yeah. But, you know, if you're talking 20, 30 years, somebody may say, okay, whatever. You know, you've said this to me 15 times. I've met plenty of people. There's so much help out there. There's so much help out there. You know, really, all you have to do is walk through the door of a meeting and the whole room is filled with people who would be more than happy right. to joyfully help you. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, rely on a family member. Your family, you may, you know, you may have done that much damage that, you you, you know, you're going to have to get out of your own way and do it another way. But there are so many people out there that have the willingness to help. Family, non-family, just get out of your own way and, and you know. I remember walking down the stairs. Well, I don't really remember, but I remember being at one of you know a twelve a twelve step meeting, like for the very first time, and it was so foreign to me that there were people in there that were happy. Yeah, yeah, you know, me and, too. Yeah, me too. so so that tells me, looking back now, if I would have opened up a little more and said, "Hey, I need help." Instead of being, you know, the great I am and walking back out the door and saying I could do it myself, um, I probably would have, you know, not to have uh, had to pull that much more crap out of me. And uh, with that, we're pretty much done for the evening. We have 30 seconds left. With miracles in recovery, (laughs) hope is in your corner. That it is. Good night, everyone. Good night. Stay blessed. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.